begin. Yesterday is Daf is Daf Tezvav number fifteen. Today is Daf Tezayin. We have a mind for Shalema for Adas of Asronia for. Uh, how's Amy doing? She's good. Who Amy? Ha- Amy. Keep her on the list, please. Keep her on the list. Okay, for Amy Batvara. Okay, and all else soon. But you can walk into this door and you take her off. Michal. Michal, Aviva, Bas, Yudis. Okay. All right, and we'll do a review of yesterday's daf. We're uh, starting at the Mishnah at the bottom of the page. Rav Yossi says over in the Mishnah that there was a story about a girl who went uh, Nebuch to fill up uh, water from the well, and she was uh, raped. And Rabbi Yochanan Menuri was the ruling rabbi over there, and he said that uh, if most of the people in town, you know, apparently they weren't able to find out who the person was, most of the people in town are kosher to marry a Kohen, so then she'll be free to marry a Kohen, and she doesn't become... Basically, we don't assume that it was somebody uh, of uh, poor lineage who raped her, uh, that would render her unfit to marry a Kohen. Now... Rabbi said to Rav Nachman that Rabbi Yochum Menuri, who is he going with? Because we only are familiar with the two opinions. We have Rabbi Gamliel on the one hand, who believes what the woman says, and we have Rabbi Shua who says, you know, I'm sorry, we, we cannot trust, we need evidence. And here he's saying that you're following the majority, which is like, like neither opinion. So the Gemara answers that uh, Rabbi Yudha said the name of Rav, that uh, this is different over here. There was uh, this place in Sipori, which is a town which most people in town are kosher to marry uh, to marry coin family, meaning for miuchasim. And there was uh, the time of the fair where most people traveling in. It was Jewish businessmen coming, so there's like a double row, and that's why you have like Raviani says, who says that uh, that that's, uh, that you can apply this double row as a basis for her to be free to marry. Um, but uh, if you would say if it was only the single row the single majority that you have uh, from Tsipori um, that wouldn't qualify to allow her to get married um, and it's like uh, Rav Dimi said in the name of Rav Ziri in the name of Rav Khanina. some say it's just Rav Ziri, um, Ziri in the name of Khanina that you follow uh, that you can't follow it's basically there's Rov Ha'ir and Rov Sia. The Rov Ha'ir is the locale, at the, at the, which is most of the people in town. Um, and then there's Rov Sia of the people traveling into town. Um, and you can't follow them. And we said, well, what do you mean? Uh, if anything, it's more likely to be able to follow the Rov of travelers. Because that's we have a rule that in mo- motion, you're able to more follow the majority than what's stationary. So the Gemara says that's absolutely correct, and basically the way it works is this. There's, um, if you don't have the double row, so then, then it's going to be not acceptable, because what you've got to do is, basically, um, you can't rely on the most of the people in the town, because she, she went to somebody, or somebody, um, there is stationary, and we have a problem of kol kavua, it's like considered a 50-50, and therefore she, should, she would be uh, prohibited, um, and that's the situation. Now, the Gemara says, uh, is that really true that we always need two robes? We don't always need two robes. As we find by the halacha of the stores, uh, you have nine stores selling um, meat, slaughtered meat, and one selling uh, nevela meat, 
and you bought, if you went into one of the stores and you don't know which one you went into, so we have to assume that you maybe went into possibly the non-kosher store, and the meat is in doubt prohibited. But if it came out um, of the stores and you found it outside, so you don't know from which store it came, so then you do, you are able to follow the, the majority. And don't tell me that it's because there's also a majority of outside, most of the outside establishments are also kosher, and, and the gates of the city are open. No, the halacha applies even if the gates of the city are closed. Um, um, so, as, as Ramzira says, the answer is, is that you're right. In regular halacha, you are able to follow a single road, but in this halacha of, of yuchsin, there's this idea of my loss of yuchsin, we made some elevated status to yuchos, that we require something extra. Now, this idea of kavua kamechza mechza dami is uh, true both in a lenient sense and in a stringent sense. That uh, Rabbi Zerit taught us that. And the question is, how, how does he know that we do it even in a lenient sense, that we say it's like a 50-50? So don't tell me it's from the nine stores, because in the nine kosher stores, and the one <coughs> non-kosher store, we say that if you find it, it's kosher, if, it's, if you didn't go into the store. Um, that's... Uh, um, um, and when you go into the store, it's a suffix and it's asr. That's uh, that kavua kemetsa metsa is lechum. Uh, so what is it? Nine the nine frogs and one toad. That uh, so basically, and you touch one of them, you're not sure which one you touch. So it's sveiko tame. So again, that's lechumra. So it's the other way around. Nine non-kosher ones, one kosher one. And if you're in a private domain, it's assumed to be tame because suffix toma is tame. And if you're in a public domain, it's sveiko tahar, even though it's really nine out of ten chances that you touched one of the tame, one of the toads, which is tame, which is one of the shratzim, one of the um, nine shratzim, oh, six six shratzim. Um, so uh, still, um, we assume that it's uh, um, you have a right on uh, to be uh, mekel to be makel in Suffolk, and that's the idea. Rabbi, I mean, if you had nine frogs and one sheretz, it's still it's a questionable. It, it, then he's taho, right? Yes. But in but in a private, he's tamer. Right. So so why do they have to give both cases? I mean, in this is the reverse. I mean, if it's bad enough with nine nine frogs, for certain it's bad enough with nine, with with one with the one frog. No, that's the chiddush, the other way around. That it's, it's since it's, a, it's we look at it as an equal doubt, as a fifty-fifty doubt, and if it's in a public domain, even though it's nine out of ten, it was tum, you should be tummy. Mm-hmm. We're still able to say that well, it's a doubt, and therefore you're tahar. Okay. And we show that we're taking the this concept of kovua kemetzal mechza in a lenient sense as well as a stringent okay. sense. That's the that's the chiddush. That's exactly the chiddush. Where's the makar for this whole idea of kavok and is very interesting. It comes from a halacha in the Torah. The Torah says in, um, it brings down in Sefer Dvarim, talking about the cities of refuge in case of murder. And in order to be chayiv, uh, to chayiv misa, you have to, it says, va'arav lo, he ambushed him, to come alone and he attacked him. It's so it's much no, Arab is like yeah, was waiting for him. Waiting so that's why it's coming right. from the point. No, one the, second. But the point is, one second. Yeah. Let's one step. I, I, I understand. The word Arab means like he was hiding to ambush him. 
sitting one place and waiting, just waiting. Waiting to attack him. But yeah. the point is, is that this machlokas, what is this person telling us? Machlokas. One opinion is that it means that you're not chayv misa for murder unless you actually, it was premeditated. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's meaning right. I meant to kill exactly Reuven, and yeah. he ended up killing Reuven. Mm-hmm. But if you meant to kill Reuven, and he ended up killing Shimon, you're not chayv death penalty. That's okay. a big it's opposite side. Okay. That's one opinion. We don't Pascal like that. The rabbis say uh, that uh, that no, if you if you, if the, whoever you ended up killing is uh, somebody you chayv for, whoever you intended to kill is somebody you chayv for. That's all we care about. You intended to do an act of murder. Of a, of a fellow Jew, and you did an act of murder of a fellow Jew, you're Chayv Misa, either way. So then what's this person coming to exclude? It's saying that you need some sort of premeditation of, of murder. That's true. So the case is coming to exclude a case where you threw a stone into a group of people, and your intent was to kill one of the group. Now, if everyone's Jewish, you'll be Chayv Misa for that. Um, but... What's the case that we're coming for? If, let's say, uh, there's nine non-Jews in that group and one Jew, now you're not chayv misa. Of course, it's not permitted to just kill a non-Jew, but you're not chayv misa. Um, so it's nine, nine non-Jews and one Jewish person. So then, uh, rov kananim, of course you're not going to be chayv misa. Even if it's 50-50, we would say So the only case that we could say that it's coming to tell you that you're not Chayev uh, Misa in this case, is where there's even one out of nine chance, okay? Even if it's only one out of nine chance that it's, uh, that it's a non-Jew. But nine out of ten chances it's true. Maybe you would say that this is considered premeditated, at least in the sense that you meant to kill a Jew, and it's not true. We say it's like a Kavuk, a Mechza, Mechza, it's like a 50-50, and maybe you didn't intend to kill it. And we don't look at it as intent to kill a Jew, and therefore you're not chayv misa in that case. And that's teaching us this principle of kal kavok and Okay. Um, now, um, we saw Rav Chibar Ashi said the name of Rav that the Allah is like Rav Yosef our Mishnah, and Rav Chan Bar Rav said the name of Rav that, no, you can't rely on this Mishnah because it was exceptional. It was a horasha. It was a one-time thing. There were extenuating circumstances not to be relied upon. Now, Rabbi Yirmiya was trying to understand is that don't we need two rove? And he forgot. He didn't realize that we already established our mission as being two roves. He says, I thought we always need two rove for, for, to permit for yichos. And he showed a Mishnah. He says that uh, you find the cases, find a, uh, an abandoned child. And, um, and most of the Gentiles are, um, uh, most of the people in town are Gentiles, and we assume the child's a Gentile. Most people are Israel. We assume the child's Israel. If it's 50-50, we assume the child's a Jew as well. So, um, so that, and that, Rav says, is only as far as should we make sure to take care of this child. But as far as Yechus is concerned, um, we're not going to let this child get married just like that to anybody because we don't, we can't, we can't make any assumptions for yichos because a single rove is simply insufficient. Shmuel says we're talking about even with the ability to transgress Shabbos to save this kid's life. Okay, um, so how does Rav Yirmiya ask this question? The answer is, is that he forgot what Rav Yudah said never up that we're talking in our Mishnah about a case of uh, of uh, double rove. Rav Chanan Bar Rava said that it's a Harashar har, Mishnah. That does that fit in? I thought it's a double rover Mishnah. The answer is, you're right. If you say that it was a Rasha, it's because he understood it was a case where it wasn't two rows. 
if you say it was two rows, then it wouldn't have been a harasha. So that's the, you're right, if you have one, you don't see the other. Yeah. This case of the, of the abandoned child that they found, so we said if most of the people in town are Gentile, then we assume this child's a Gentile. So um, basically, and that's as far as Lachioso, uh, and Shmuel says that we even, un, you know, we would even transgress Shabbos to save this child's life. Mm-hmm. Problem is, it's inconsistent with Shmuel because um, Rav Yosef said the name of Yehuda, the name of Shmuel, that uh, when it comes to Bikoch Nefesh, we never follow the majority. So even if most of the people in town are, um, those people in town are Gentiles, we would, minority is Jewish, we would uh, transgress Shabbos to save this child's life. Okay, so you're right. Shmuel, what he was saying, the Fakir of Zagal, is even on that halacha, even though we know Rov Ovid Chavim is an Ovid Chavim, Shmuel says, but if, as far as saving this kid's life, we will even transgress Shabbos to save this kid's life on the outside chance that this kid's Jewish. Okay? Um, now, um, then what does it mean that if most people are Gentiles, then this child is assumed to be a Gentile, as far as which halacha? It's not as far as saving his life or even taking care of this kid. Okay, so what could it be? So the answer is to feed him non-kosher food. You don't have to feed this child kosher. We definitely have to feed him, definitely have to take care of him, but we don't assume he's Jewish as far as that's concerned. Now, we said if most people are Yisrael, then we assume this child's Yisrael as far as what? The answer is um, as far as returning lost objects to this child. Okay, um, what if it's 50-50? He's also a Jew. What, which, which Allah? This is as far as damages. Now what case of damages. If um, our ox gored his ox, we could, and we you know there's a suffix about him, whether he's Jewish or not. So I'll say, prove that you're Jewish and we'll be happy to pay you the higher amount. You know, otherwise, you know, you'll be treated as a Gentile, okay? And, um, and so the answer is that no, he has the advantage that if it's his animal that gores a Jew's animal, so uh, damages that a Gentile pays for a Jew is full damage, even though the animal is not shown to be a damaging animal. Um, and he'll, he'll pay only half, and he'll say, look, I'm paying you the amount of a Jew. If you can prove that I'm a Gentile, I'll be happy to pay you the rest. So in the meantime, that's all I'm paying. And that's what it means that as far as 50-50 for damages, he is treated as a Jew. And that's where we left off, and that's the end of chapter 1.